0: Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Rivers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message.
1: Amen. Let's go to the book of Joshua chapter number two, the book of Joshua chapter two. I'm so happy to see each and every one of you. We are getting ready to celebrate Rivers at one. Hallelujah. Are you, is that how you're excited to celebrate Rivers at one? Praise the Lord. See what the Lord has done. Amen. What are you? A victory upon victory. Engagement upon engagement. Pastor Kev. <laughs> marriage upon marriage. Dance. Where are you? Praise the Lord. Babies upon babies. Amen. Pregnancy upon hallelujah. Joshua chapter 2. I'm so, I'm so happy I have a word this morning. Joshua chapter two. Now, let me do this a bit differently. I'd like to ask uh, Mrs. Pastor Billy to join me on stage. <laughs> it is a shock, but it's a community church now. Please clap for her. She comes. Clap for her. She comes. Is that how you? Is that how you celebrate people? Eh? Please clap those hands. Clap. I can see you're not clapping. I can see you. I can see you. Thank you for those hands. Praise the Lord. We celebrate you. Amen. You'll read for us from verse 1 to verse 11. Amen. In the King James, I'll re- I hold for you the mic. Okay. Hey, verse 1 to 11. It's a long
0: read. Mm. Okay. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> this was off I know. Yeah. And, Osh- and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim, Two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an Harrod's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men and hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out their country. And the king of Jericho sent out. Rahab saying, "Bring forth the men that that are. Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be become to search out all the country. And the and the woman took to took the two men and hid them and said thus: There came men unto me." but I wished not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out with her. The men went, I would not pursue after them quickly and they shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the rooftop of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them by the way to Jordan and to the folds. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up upon them, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said to, unto them, unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when he came out of Egypt and what he did unto the two kings of Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there, did there remain any more courage in any man. Because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above, and earth beneath.
1: Come on, let's appreciate her. Thank you so much. Well done. Amen. I ambushed her this morning. She read so well. Amen. Pastor <sighs> Kogi, what was that song? Ha, hey. Hesh. Hesh. Is it age or is this a new song? Ha. You know, you have been used to singing one song. Now, ha, hey comes. Hesh. Amen, amen. I'm just excited, so good to see each and every one of you in church this morning. It's important for us to begin to realize as believers that the primary diet of the believer is God's infallible word, amen, that it is God's infallible word that causes us to gather every Sunday. It is God's infallible word that gives us the instrumentation by which we must live. That the born again believer cannot live outside of the word. And that we must come to a place where we desire God's word and his truth daily because there we have our strength. God calls us to a place where we not only desire God's his word but we also build a discipline for it. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. Scripture says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God, thereby ye may grow. And the English language tries to capture the force of the Greek expression of that particular line, but one author argues and says that there is an inadequacy in the syntactic expression of that particular line. That the true rendering of that scripture is, put industry... To your desire of God. By consuming his word. Daily. That it is not so much about. Oh God I want to know your word. It's not so much about. Oh God I want to teach me your word. But it's more about putting industry. To your desire. It is here that Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says. And this book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein. Day and night. He says for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous. That he not only desires the word, but he has put industry to his desire. If you look at the book of Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Scripture said, and the priest would tell their children that these words, memorize them, write them on your foreheads, write them on your palms, write them on your necklaces. Why? Because God's word is the ultimate direction. God's word is the ultimate guidance for our lives, especially in dealing with walking into the things that God has called us the ultimate guide is his word. Tell your neighbor, go for the word. Tell them, like you believe it, go for the word. It's very important because it is God's word that orders our steps. What has been ordering your steps of late? What is guiding your decision? It is God's word that orders our step. David said that the Life, the steps of a righteous man, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. That means God can speak to you and say, step over here and step over there. Get into this marriage and get into this business and go into that country and exit this employment and submit your CV here. Basically, he's saying that God's children, are their moves, their decisions are ordered. It is not ad hoc decisions. Buona we are not making decisions that are urgent. We are not making decisions that are driven by emergency and by need. But we are making decisions that are driven by God's revealed word, God's revealed counsel, God's revealed purpose. There is a way of living life. Amen. Amen. And in dealing with destiny steps It is important for us to appreciate That the life that God has called us to live He has revealed it to us In his word Listen to me and listen to me good And this is very important That day that you are waiting for you to happen Is not going to happen Except you are walking by God's word that there, is, there, is a, there is no day you are waiting for For you to be discovered The devil is a liar There is no fallacy That one day you will wake up and you have made it The devil is a liar god has instructed us carefully in his word how to walk this walk how to talk this talk how to think he has brought us to a place where we are not walking as people without instruction but we are walking as people who are ordered tell your neighbor go for the word look at the other one look at the other one i want to feel some church here look at the other and tell them go for the word amen Amen. Nothing just happens. Did you know that just because you are born again does not mean you are walking in God's best for your life? Just because you are speaking in tongues does not mean you are walking in God's best for your life. Look at the book of Titus chapter 2.11. Scripture says, The grace that availeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. The grace that availeth salvation has appeared unto all men, but are all saved. The answer is an emphatic no. Look at Isaiah chapter 38. Scripture says, and I, the Lord, I do not take pleasure in he that dies. I, the Lord, I am he that announces the day of hope. That God will announce hope and God will announce salvation, but it is your response that will usher you into salvation. Tell your neighbor, go for the word. That you are walking in the spirit of God and in prophecy and in the word of God and in, and in a place where you are totally surrendered does not mean necessarily that you will enter God's best except you hear his word, except you yield to his direction, except you come to a place of response. Scripture says that draw nigh unto God. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto thee. That the level and how robust your relationship is with God is in your hands. Amen. 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 That the robustness of your prayer life is an indication of your commitment to the things of God. Yes. And there was silence. That the robustness of your prayer life, the robustness of your worship life. Somebody say, lift up your hand, say something to God and you are quiet. Is an indication of the level of investment that you are putting in the things of God. That is why we are looking at destiny steps this morning. And when you come to the book of Joshua, Joshua then becomes an illustration, a story of the life of a believer. It is the physical exemplification of our spiritual reality that they were in that that they were in egypt and they were in bondage and that by the blood of the lamp they were taken out of egypt they were literally redeemed you remember that and all of us we are born again by the blood and then they went and they passed through the baptism in the red sea and according to 1 corinthians chapter 10 that is an indication of baptism unto moses that like them we were also baptized And then in their journey, they went ahead to reach Mount Sinai And when they reached Mount Sinai, they interacted with God And God gave them the Ten Commandments But now they had an opportunity to enter into the promised land But because of unbelief, they failed to enter You remember when they sent the twelve spies And they went and only two came with a report And God said, because of your unbelief, you will not enter And for forty years, they were walking round and round and round in circles Did God save them? Yes Were they baptized unto Moses? Yes Was the kingdom, was the commandments given unto them? Yes Did they enter the promised land? No That the guarantee for us to enter into where God is calling us Is dependent with our appropriate response Amen Praise the Lord The doctrine must meet duty for destiny to manifest Very important. Now, the book of Joshua chapter 1, we looked at how the children of Israel have now reached the banks of Jordan and they're about to cross over. They're about to enter inside. And it is here that we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1. Scripture says now, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out Shittim two men to spy secretly saying, go view the land. This was the second time a spies were sent to go and view the land. The first time, they sent 12 and they didn't enter. This time, they sent two and they entered. Hallelujah. And I see a truth here that it is not in the strength of the numbers. But it is in the strength of the belief that God does not win by many. That God can win by few. Amen. How do I know that we will take Ruaka because there's more than one of us in this tent? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. How do we how 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 do we know that the city is safe because there is a gathering called Rivers Church this morning in church. Hallelujah. God does not mean thousands to save. God does not mean hundreds of thousands to save. God me- needs a man who will say I am available, send me. And there is an intentional reduction of the numbers Albeit that they will not say that it was by the numbers that they won And now they send two witnesses. The Hebrew word there means footmen That they looked for footmen They looked for footmen And as we have been looking at the book of Joshua You are realizing that God has something to do with your effort God has something to do God is so interested in the steps that you are taking that the, the, the reliability, should, let, me, let me say it again. The probability of success is heavily dependent on where your foot is stepping. God has something. In chapter 1, he says, Where your foot will step, they have given you. Here, before, before the children of Israel could enter, God finds himself some two footmen. Some two footmen that they may go and step into the land before time. And I was studying this out, and I was asking myself, God, why is it that you have given them the land, yet you require that they spy the land out? Two lessons. The first one, you cannot enter what you have not seen. You cannot enter what you have not seen. The only vision that comes to pass is a vision that has been perceived, written down, that men will run with it when they read it. That in the walk of destiny to coming to the place where you are entering your large place, there has to be a structure to your vision. God said you cannot enter what you have not seen. And sometimes God will allow that we enter into spaces that He's shortly going to introduce us to. How do you know that you are about to enter into an influence dimension when you start ministering in in a meeting like the one next week is happening? Praise the Lord. Oh yeah, you don't have a man there. Or you don't have a man. Uh huh. How do you know you're about to take over the company when the boss starts giving you jobs directly? And instead of saying, this is not part of my JD, this is the time to level up. This is the time to use, not Google, this is the time to use Google Scholar. Because the output looks like what I have seen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God will always need us to be exposed exposure then becomes a master key that unlocks destiny. A story is told when Miles Munro came to this to this country, Dr. Miles Munro, about certain two men of God, Pastor Elvis, who are with you in... In that story. And you know, Pastor, Pastor Miles Munro, Dr. Miles Munro, one of his biggest works is the revelation of the kingdom and the revelation of the purpose of man. And God has equipped him so much so. He has spoken. He spoke. He's late now. He spoke to governments. He was a New York Times bestseller year on year. Has written almost 70 books. All of them sold a million plus. And Dr. Miles comes to Kenya. And there are these men of God who have been given the privilege to now come to the dinner with this great man of God. And when they enter the dinner, they begin talking and talking and laughing with a loud voice. (laughs) And food is jumping out of their mouth and they're high-fiving and they're sharing revelations about purpose. And they're quoting scriptures and the maestro is just looking at them. There's a certain way to behave before greatness. And when Dr. Miles walked away, he said, those two men, those are fools. That when you went to the person who has gone before you, instead of keeping quiet and learning, you opened up your mouth and ignorance was hard. And just because they're nodding gently does not mean they're agreeing with what you're saying. Exposure. Have you met these guys who you will invite for lunch to Serena and that is the last time you invited them again? You'd rather just give them some 200 boats. They go and eat Mandazi somewhere downtown. Exposure. Exposure. Solomon said, when you sit with a king, put a knife on your neck. To control two things. One, what you are saying. Number two, your appetite. There has to be a bridle upon our appetite when we are exposed. And a bridle upon our words. Not every platform is a platform for complaining. Now you are seated with the MD and the first thing you are saying, you know MD, this salary, eh? This salary. The problem with this company is you pay so little. This salary it is so difficult. We are having, I, can't even, I cannot even come to work on time because the salary is too little. I'm not encouraged. MD. Instead of coming to a place where we are saying, these are the seven ways we can accelerate the bottom line. Those are different conversations. Tell your neighbor, you cannot enter what you're not seeing. And, and, and Joshua got himself, got himself some footmen. Footmen. There's something about motion and destiny. That destiny is not for them that are seated down. Now, Pastor Doc is very good in Kiswahili, but today let me attempt. Tell your neighbour your pastor is about to speak very good Kiswahili. You sina upungu fu waluga, <laughs> huh? Sina <laughs> na 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 adjectives. What is adjectives in Kiswahili? <laughs> <laughs> Vocabularies What is vocabulary? Na sina msamiati duni Yes So there is a up that says in Swahili That bure si sawa na mkabure Kwa sababu bure huenda akaokota, okota Bebe <inaudible> eh, Huenda aka nini? Aka okota that the one that sits is not the same as the one that walks around. Because the one that walks around might pick something up. There is something about destiny and motion. You have been telling us about this house you are going to build for too long. Why don't you start searching for architects? Amen. Amen. The one that talks about a house with the same breath must search for an architect. architect. I didn't say hire the architect. Just search for the architect. Get a bibliography. Of architects and their charges, you see that is called motion. Praise the Lord. You will never enter what you are not seeing. Key number one today. Here, here goes the second one. Scripture says, and Joshua said to them, "Go, view the land." And they went. Now, there's a scholar called Eliot. Eliot argues and says that the Hebrew word for "go" is the same Hebrew word for "they went." That when it comes to entering destiny, the command and the obedience is the same. That when God says go, the assumption is that you will go. That there is instant obedience. There is no delay. That go and they went is the same word. Yeah. That to take the land, there has to be obedience. Obedience. Have you realized that there is ascendancy that comes every time you hear the word of God and you move on it? There is an acceleration that enters our life when we are quick to obey. We serve a God who is a gentleman and he will only take us as far as we are willing to go. Your you speed in entering your large place and entering the purposes that God has called you upon is dependent upon your level of obedience. obedience equals 10% land occupation. 100% obedience equals 100% land occupation. And the challenge of obedience is that it is never convenient. Remember he said that they had given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess, of things in heaven, things under the earth, things on the earth. That is the exaltation. But what was the preparation. The preparation was that he humbled himself even unto death, the death on the cross. On. Yeah. That there's an obedience requirement to enter into the places that God has called us. I remember one day early morning, Pastor Lovey is my witness. We were, we, were, we, were, let me, we were not roommates, we were housemates. There's a difference. People who are in one room, those are roommates. People who are living in a house with multi-rooms, those are housemates. Clarity is good. And I was with Pastor Elvis those days, we were living next to the airport, a.k.a. Mbakasi. (laughs) 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 And this early morning, I woke up, and God spoke to me clearly, because I used to have, that was early 2014, I used to have something about stocking shirts, you know, having, ensuring, and if you're into shirts like me, you know, there are different kinds of shirts. They could be the same color, but they're not the same thing. You know, there are people who say, oh, I have a blue shirt. You have a blue shirt also. I will ask you, what is your string count? Is this polyester? Is this cotton? Is this satin? Is this silk? Is this a blend? Is this super 120? Is it super 240? Is this summer? Is this winter? It's not the same shirt, So I was there collecting shirts. I was there collecting shirts because I'm addicted to breaking the curse of poverty. So one day I said, You know what's going to happen is because I'm hearing the voice of poverty too much, I don't know about you, and there is a desire driving me to go to Kikomba so much because for one shirt you can buy 10. I said, No, I want to change something here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I said, No way, I'm not going to put on shirts that have been fatted on for six months. No way. I'd rather buy one shirt, I'll be ironing it very well. I'll be putting. There's a there's a trick here. You put a uh, star soft. Then it is very soft and smells very nice. And you make sure you have a steam iron and you have straight lines like this. Nobody will ever know it's the same shirt. So I said, okay, fine. I'm entering into a season of buying shirts and I bought shirts. And shirts are not cheap. Men can tell you. You see, ladies, praise the Lord. Okay, let me just let me leave it there. Let me leave it there. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra's don't play. Eh? And this early morning, God spoke to me and God said, you know, Stan, you 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 have now I had 14 shirts at that time. And these were 14 choice shirts. You know what? The coat of many colors of, of, of Joseph. That was This was it, I'm telling you. And and these were proper. You know, there's one thing to put on a shirt. There's another thing to put on names. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So these were not nameless shirts. These were Tommy Hill figure. This was Balusconi. This was BVL Gary. These were shirts. Tell your neighbor, their are shirts and their are shirts. And I remember God speaking to me early. It was like a Wednesday morning. And God said, I want you to go and take that your prized possession. And I want you to give it away. Wow. I said, oh, God. I said, God, you can tempt someone. Wow. That one is not God. Hey, Father. <laughs> hey, Father, me am a t- I No, it cannot be you. And the more, so it was around for him. By the time morning is reaching, that voice was so strong in my spirit. I went ahead and released those shots immediately. I remember that day, those days were days of Nakumat I just put on my suit. With a vest. When nakumat bought those cheap shirts for four hundred bob, put it on. I remember that decision pained me. That was one of the. Pastor will tell you, that was a very. It was a trying time. I don't know about you. This was this was a trying. If you want to test some Jaluo man, tell him to give you his clothes, eh? Uh-huh. And I gave these shirts. am it was. That was one of the most painful things I ever did. Exactly two years later, I can't remember the last time I checked the price of a shirt. Amen. Praise, them. that is a testimony, say amen. amen. That is not flossing, let he that boasts, boast in the Lord. You just enter. So one day, there's a story was told of, um, of, a, of a certain man of God from Nigeria, and he went, he went to London and they were doing this meeting with Pastor Matthew Ashimolo and so on. And as they were doing this meeting, there was another emoji who had come from him, from Nairobi, Right? And this emoji just entered this uh, uh, shop. And this emoji from, uh, actually that emoji was Enokadeboe, by the way. So Adeboye says that him, he was looking for that place where he's written sale. You know, it was 20, now it is 5. It was 100, now it is 6. But this man of God was just walking. And he was just shopping and shopping, not asking the price, does not check the receipt, does not. He had entered into his large place, praise the Lord. There is something about obedience. There's something about obedience. Let me give you one more example. I remember in 2010, I had this thing of gathering books. I usually have many things. So this time, this season was a season of gathering books. And let me tell you, at that age, and in you know university economics, it is very hard to afford a book because a book is 1,000, Bob, 1,100. It is very expensive, especially if your economy is 100 shillings the whole week. How many you people you didn't experience that in university? It's usually like that. It's difficult, right? And I took time, and I had gathered. So over one year, I, I proudly had a library of about ten books. You know, ten books. I'm like, my goodness. And amongst my friends, I had the biggest library, Pastor Kev can tell you. Despite only, Yet it was just ten. It was only ten books. And these were ten brand-new books, books on faith, books on the Holy Spirit. And I remember God challenging me, and he said, Stan, I want you to release that library. Hey, I said, oh, God, but these books, are, you know, these books, eh? I got these books to seek you. Now you, are you, you want me to reduce the seeking? And I remember I took, hey, yo, this was a difficult, this was a difficult, I took those books and gave them away. Praise the Lord. That is obedience. And that is how today I don't have a book problem. Praise the Lord. Every book that I ever desired to have, I have it. Amen. Oh, tell your neighbor, obedience. The pastors will tell you, we are seated here this morning because of what? Obedience. Obedience that we had God and took steps. So go and going is the same in the eyes of destiny. What is God calling you to do this season? What is God calling you to do? What what is God calling you to sacrifice? What is God calling you? Now let me paint for you the picture. The children of Israel had put camp, a military camp, 10 miles from the walls of Jericho. According to recent archaeological findings, Jericho had two walls and two sets of military. They were the strongest military power at that time. You will see later in the book of Joshua that he had to fight 31 militaries. The strongest of them was Jericho. And Jericho was preparing for the children of Israel. And that is where God, that's where Joshua says, go and spy the land. That where God has called us to go, it is never easy. Oh? It is not easy. And some of the things that God will call us to do, they look insurmountable. But the power of God is released on obedience. What is your dimension of obedience this morning? Look at your neighbor and just ask them quietly. What what is God calling you to do? What What is God calling you to do? And the king of Jericho sent so you see that we have The first one, number one, God doesn't use numbers. Number two, we have exposure. Number three, we have obedience. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, Behold, there came men hither at night of the children of Israel to search out the country. Now look at this. That this man entered into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Hmm. Oh, God. I'm like, God, you have games. You should have asked me. You could have asked me. There are some men who have been praying at midnight. They also had houses in the wall. Why couldn't you let the men of God land there? There are some apostles who have been anointing the land. And they have been declaring mighty things. Why didn't they land there? That the gateway, Between desert and destiny was a hole. Now, I've done studies. Your pastor, yeah, 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 yes, yes, of course I studied. So the Hebrew word for harlot could also mean innkeeper or the ones that serve in a hotel. But when you come to the New Testament, the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 calls us the same name. And the Greek is sure that it is so certain that there is no way of explaining it. Because there are theologians that have refused to believe that God can use anything. That God can use anyone. That while she was in her lowest of lowest, let me give you some context. Now, in that culture, what would happen is that there was a requirement, if you're in that particular profession, that you paint your window pane with a red color. You know, like that's where red light district by there came from. Did you know that? Did you ask your neighbor, did you know where Red Light District came from? (laughs) That is where it came from. And they landed in the house of a harlot. And I can begin to think what was in the harlot's mind. And two strangers entered the city. One author argues that it was the obvious place to go because it is a place of in and out. It's a place of strangers. Nobody would ever be able to detect their names. It's a place of faceless men. It is an odd place. But even in an odd place, God's grace is there. That even in an unlikely place, God's grace is there. Do you know that it is possible? I remember as an as an, as, a, as, a, as a as a ministry last year our biggest offering came from a Muslim man, 72 million Kenya shillings. Ask your neighbor, when is the last time you gave 72 million? You know, maybe your neighbor just gives 72 million usually. When is the last time? Maybe you have given it twice. When is the last time? That there can be the possibility of an unlikely alliance. And that causes us to be humble. That we don't write people off because of their religion. And we don't write people off because of their background that sometimes for us to enter into our large place there is an unlikely alliance ah. that God sometimes will put you in a company with unbelievers. Yeah. Praise the Lord, Amen. that He will put you sometimes with unbelievers and sometimes He will put you with people who don't believe your faith. In fact, He'll put you with people who talk down to your faith. And yet God is not calling you to exit that space. He's calling you to stay in that space and to witness in that space. Because he has granted unto us the ministry of reconciliation. That once in a while you can say, Jehovah loves you once in a while. And once in a while you can say, come, let's go to church. And once in a while you can say, you know, I was praying for you last night. And I feel God is blessing you and your marriage. Even if they are refusing. And they find themselves in the house of harlot. And the king of Jericho sent, out, sent to Rahab saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house. For they, be, for they have come to search our country. They have come to scale the land. And it came to pass about that, about that time of shutting the gate. No, sorry. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, they came men, so basically, let me give it in an Ivy English. Men came unto me, but where they are right now, I don't know where they are. In fact, they have gone towards the gate. If you chase them now, there's a big possibility that you will find them. Yeah. And immediately the guards escaped, and the guards started pursuing after the after the, the two men, but she had brought them up to the roof. Of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax which she laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them. These are now the 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 security of the king pursued after them the way to Jordan and fods. And as soon as the which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And what was happening here is that Haloth, the Harlot Rahab took this. And the scripture talks about t- talks about her as the Harlot took these men. Hit them on the flat roof. If you read Hebrew tradition, you you see that the houses used to have flat roofs, and what they would do is that they would use those places to dry food and to dry flax and to dry meat and so on. It was a preservation. It was a preservation platform. Now it is interesting that Scripture says that these men were covered in flax. Not that. Ask your neighbor. Do you know what flax is? This is King James English. Even me, I didn't have an idea until I went into Bible Dictionary. And apparently today, we use hemp for making our ropes. But at that time, they used flax for making the ropes, number one. Number two, they used flax as well to make priestly garments. Number three, they used flax as well. When they are burying the dead, they would wrap them with garments made from flax, And this then is a typology and a representation of how that in moments of danger, it is the righteousness of God that covers us. Because flax was used as the priestly garment. And flax was used during sacrifice. And flax was used during burials. That God took his grace and he was careful enough to show us here that during moments of danger, And when the men of righteousness are being pursued, it is the clothing of righteousness, of Jesus, that will cover us. But when you study further, you begin to see something. And they said unto them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. This is Rahab talking now. I know that the Lord has given you the land. How did you know? And I know that the Lord has given you the land. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea. That was 40 years ago at this time. And verse 11 says, And as soon as I had heard these things, my heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God of heaven, above and in earth beneath. Now don't forget the flow of the story that Joshua has sent two, two spies, footmen, to go and check the land. They are now in hiding. They have been put in a place of discomfort and inconvenience and a place of danger. There are two men, and at some point that apartment or place where Rahab was staying was surrounded by the, with the king's guard, which was normally about 12 men. And these were men in horses and swords billowing for the, for, for, for the blood of two men. And I begin to see clearly that when God leads us into the place of destiny, it does not necessarily mean the place of no battles. And it does not mean the place of no challenge. And it does not mean the place. Did you know that not every battle is for fighting? Yeah. That they were quietly in the roof. This is, remember, this is the land God has given them. This is the land God has given them. They are with God. These are Canaanites. You know, if it was some of us, they'd be like, ah, open the door. I'm going to deal with this king's guard." Stay your neighbor wisdom. Not every battle is for fighting. And secondly, there is a time to fight. There is a time to take over. There is a time to retreat. And there is a time to move forward. We don't have to enter into every opportunity. Not every opportunity God has called for us. The promise notwithstanding. Question to you, sir and lady. Did God say he'll give them the land? Yes. Did God say no man will be able to stand against you? Yes. Why are you hiding? Praise the Lord. That there is the reality of high days and low days in the walk of life. And in the walk of destiny. And the believer that is stable appreciates the high days and appreciates the low days. That is why David said that even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there you are with me. And by thy rod and thy staff, you comfort me. That I have to know how to relate with God when I'm lying in green pastures and when I am walking in the valley of the shadow of death. That he is God in the valley and he is God in the mountain. That when I'm shouting for thanksgiving and victory during good days, I must also shout in thanksgiving and victory during difficult days. That I'm not overly excited in good times, and I'm not overly distraught in low times. There is balance in my life. Solomon said something powerful, that an unjust scale, a scale without balance, the Lord abhors. there has to be there has to be balance. That when there is resources, you are you. Praise the Lord, Pastor Doc. And when there is no resources, you are you. That the level of resources does not determine the side of you we experience. Let me say that again. Uh-huh. Let me say that again. Let me say that one again. Can you imagine? Think. I want you to think critically. Can you imagine? These guys have come to take the land. They have come to take the land. Then the soldiers have come to hijack them. Then the soldiers are now gone. They come out of the roof and they start discussing about God's goodness and God's victory. What manner of mind is that? You came out from hiding because somebody's about to slaughter you. But when you come out, you start having fellowship with Rahab about how. See how God dried the sea. See how God annihilated King Hog. See how God has given us the land. Nobody is talking about, oh, you know, it was a momentary defeat. Uh, you know, we were hiding, but don't worry, God is going to come through. Nothing. Certainty that the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. It is okay to be in hiding. It is okay sometimes to respond to fear. It is okay, yet I'm the one who said no fear here. It is okay that sometimes in this fight and in this walk of destiny, there are days it will look like you have the disadvantage. But God said, stay the cause. Now let me show you something interesting. These guys, when you read chapter chapter, chapter 2 from verse 12, 13, 14, 15, scripture said that they left Rahab's house using the windows. They had to escape like thugs. And they were given a string. And they used that string to escape. Now look at their report. They come in verse 18 now, verse 23. So the two men returned from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land. Oh gosh, what a paradox. It was defeat upon defeat. First you go, you're in the house of a harlot. The next thing, you are on top of a roof being covered with something that looks like grass. And you know how dry grass is uncomfortable? Uh, Okay. People here are just from, uh, you never played in grass. And then they come and say, see, the Lord has surely delivered to us the land. These are the guys who are from being, in fact, in my version of scripture, the enemy was playing games with them. The enemy was just slapping them left, right, and center. And they come and say, surely the Lord has delivered to us the land. Because their testimony was based on what God said and not what they were experiencing. Because God said in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 that I surely am giving you the land. And they said the exact same thing. Experience notwithstanding. And some of us have come to a place where you have questioned God, did you really call me to be a worship minister on this land? And some of us have questioned, God, did you really call me to be a business person? It feels like I'm hiding at the corner of the roof right now. It feels like I am being pursued by the king's guard. It feels like I'm about to lose. I am escaping. Oh, God, there's even no dignity. I couldn't even walk out of the gate. I had to escape by the window. I don't know if you've ever lived in plots, but as I have. And normally the problem of plots is when you're living in a plot, there's just a way the landlord is always living with you also. And when you want to come out, uh, especially this week and next week, the first thing to do is to check to see if the shows are clear. And if you had the option to come out through the window, ha! you would come out through the window to avoid the landlord. Yet God is saying, you know, Pastor Stan said, I'll be dedicating houses in 2022. That God is saying we're dedicating houses. But the situation looks like I have to play cat and mouse with the landlord. That God said, I will give you the land. But now I'm in the land and I'm hiding. neighbor, remained the cause. They came and told Joshua, surely. Joshua, surely. Let me tell you. How we know is the warfare we faced. That the warfare was so intense. Indeed, God has given us the land. Sometimes, solid challenges are an indication of the solid future you are stepping into. Yeah. When the heat of battle is hottest, it's because there is something being fought. If nobody cares about your progress, then you're not progressing. Yeah. Listen to me. If today you came into what should I say? Retail. Retail business. And you opened one shop. Let me give you a case study of Kenya. And you opened one shop in, Nuk- in Nakuru. Nobody cares. And you opened the, she- the, the, the second. Hey, sh- I wanted to say shekel. And, the, and you opened the second shop. And the third shop. And all of a sudden, you come and open one shop in Ruaka. And you open another one in Kangundo Road. All of a sudden, people start discussing you in boardrooms. And saying, what is happening? Who is this QuickMart? Who is this QuickMart? Le- we must now increase and also accelerate our expansion. In fact, if you are into business, you will realize that the number of new stores for the dominant players sharply increased when QuickMart entered Nairobi. I'm just giving an, a, a physical example, and they were started a- and decided becoming clumsy. So, some of them, their strategy was that we open shopping malls. We open, sorry, we open shopping stores in malls. Quick Mad comes and says, we open shopping stores in suburbs where people are living. And these big ones abandon their strategy. And all of a sudden, they are following the new boy. Somebody who was starting in a small place, all of a sudden is catching attention of the big boys. And before you know it, he has swallowed them whole. Nothing important in the kingdom of God ever started big. That's why scripture says, and the boy Jesus, not the man, and the boy Jesus grew. That our responsibility in the response of destiny is growth. And the boy Jesus, that my commitment is that I'm constantly growing and entering into where God has called me. Surely, Joshua. The Lord has given us the city. And I want to encourage you this morning that let there be words in your mouth that are talking about the victory of God in your life. Let there be words in your mouth that are talking about the goodness of God in your mouth. Let there be words that are talking about the goodness of God in your marriage. Let there be words. Be saying, see how, oh, see how this marriage is succeeding. This is a template of love. Pastor Doc, why aren't you calling us? We want to come and teach PMCC. Surely you have delivered the anointing of marriage. Is there some kind of anointing? You know, Pentecostals have an anointing for everything. Surely you have delivered the anointing of marriage to us. Amen that there should be. And that time, it could be the time where you almost called your wife words that don't exist in the Bible. Say, surely, baby, Jehovah has granted us longevity. Longevity. We are going to walk together for many years. Baby, I know the way you are angry like this. This is an indication of 30 more years. Amen. 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 That when you are closing business, when, when businesses are closed, they are shutting down. That is the surest indication that you will rise yet again. That Jehovah will deliver the land according to his word. That warfare notwithstanding, God remains faithful. What are you saying this afternoon? Praise the Lord. In this walk of destiny, if you are going to win in this life, there has to be an obnoxious, dogged Positive confession, and that is not confess, possess. No. Dogged. Constantly celebrating, I am with God, I will not lose. It doesn't matter how it looks like. God is on my side, he will deliver it to me. God is on my side, I will surely pass over the valley. God is on my side, I will surely go through this pain also. God is on my side, I will surely overcome this depression in the name of Jesus. God is on my side. How do I know? Because he's with me. And because he said so. Confidence in the presence of God, that I know because I am with God, I am a majority. Let us stand and pray. Amen. Let us stand and pray. I want us to make only one prayer today, that God will give you the wisdom to handle exposure well.
0: Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop, and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.